Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dire Oil Graphics can build for you at direoil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. Welcome to Beers with Nigel. I'm Nigel. That's Nick. I'm that other guy. It's show about beer and other stuff. Stuff. Things. And other stuff. things. Other stuff. Wait other things. Welcome to the show. Jake Keys from Skydance Brewing out of Oklahoma City. What's up, Jake? What's up, fellas? How you guys? You know, living the dream, man. I'm trying to change lives one beer at a time. One beer at a time. Look, we're glad we caught you because today is your brew day. It yeah, is a brew day. Magic look at, happen. Yep. Look at look at all look at all the magic cauldrons see, behind it. Yeah, I see some. I see some steam. Or hopefully, it's not smoke. I see part <laughs> steam. <laughs> oh my God, the, the brewery's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. What? Uh, tell us what you brewed today, man. Yeah, man. So today we brewed Res Dog, which is our American Blonde Ale. It's a uh, it's our way of trying to make an L into a Pilsner. So a lot of uh, Pilsner ingredients and German hops, hollow tower, that kind of stuff. And then we actually yeah. even lager it for a week or so after fermentation. Um, it's Oklahoma, so everybody likes light beers here still. <laughs> and uh, well, I say everybody, a lot of people still do. And uh, then um, we also did a half batch or a pilot batch for our two little uh, three and a half barrel tanks that we have, and we're filling that up with an imperial stout that we'll uh, throw some vanilla and coffee into here in about a week. That sounds really sounds really, good. really tasty. The, the first one, I'm just assuming that's that's your gateway beer, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, bringing them yeah. in, man. You know, like uh, I think our gateway beer has always been our amber ale. Like that's been the one. But but what happened was, um, you know brewers like light beers right like we, everybody like brewers always seem to like lagers and pills yeah. and stuff and um and i do i do but at the same time i just wanted an l that was going to be good on the on the lake or um on the golf course or you know fishing or whatever and i wanted something i'll just drink right out of the can you know and yeah. so i came up with that blonde l and then it just it is also a way to help me with my yeast management it uses the same yeast as our ipas so there you go so uh, we, we know you went and got a beer. What, what are you drinking? Yeah, so I am drinking an IPA called Native Land. And so this is a collaboration that we just did with Bow and Arrow Brewing out of Albuquerque. And, oh, wow. And um, the, what they did, so it's, it's kind of like uh, last year, the uh, Black is Beautiful thing. R- right. Um, it's, it's a similar idea in that they started it and they just wanted to get as many breweries around the country as they could, especially those of us that are native owned uh, breweries to participate. And the point of it is, if you can see, I've got some tribes listed on there. And so each brewery, what each brewery is going to do is do some research and find out which tribes originally inhabited the land in which uh, the brewery is located at. So me being here in Oklahoma City downtown, um, I, and you know, I'm native American and I've worked for my tribe for 10 years. So I thought I was pretty well educated. I'm also part Osage, as you see down here at the bottom, but even the research taught me a lot, which in Oklahoma, um, it, it, the book, the history books kind of start a lot with, uh, the reservations, trail of tears, uh, right. removal, and right. pe- people forget there were natives here before, 
they were they were here before all of that yeah and so that's what we're doing now is acknowledging who was here before that and then each brewery is also choosing a, uh, a native american organization or charity that the proceeds go to and so we chose my tribe's eagle aviary called the gray snow eagle house up in perkins oklahoma um and so all of our proceeds from this beer from the draft from can sales to distribution and all that will go to that aviary two weeks ago we took our entire staff up and a cousin of mine who runs the aviary uh, show, showed everybody around and, and taught the staff about the culture that we have and why the Eagles are important to us. And so they would have a good understanding of why we're doing this, why we're donating the money to that organization. But then also when customers come in, they ask a lot of questions about, hey, I hear the natives owner, the, the owner's native. So uh, they, they can kind of tell them the story and know what the brand is all about that they work with. So. That's pretty fucking that, cool. That is awesome. I love that you got the staff involved and just took everybody's yeah. field trip. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. We'll, we'll we'll do. We got a lot of video from it. So my uh, vlog that we do on YouTube on the Skydance channel, we'll be posting that hopefully uh, this weekend. So very cool. Very that is, cool. That is really cool. Uh, before we go on, we got a shout out to one of our favorite viewers, Junior. Junior. If we don't tell him what beer we're drinking, he gets he gets fussy. So we're fussy. drinking. Is that what we're calling it now? He gets fussy. fussy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're drinking Kurai. It's a what would we call it? It's a uh, it's a winter hefeweizen. A winter hefeweizen from Diametric Brewing up here in Kansas City area. So, Junior, go get yourself a Kurai. So that's what we're drinking for now. So before we get into it, you've already jumped into, into some meat of what you're doing, which is I think mm -hmm. is awesome. Um, let's talk about your 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 days before craft beer and. Mm -hmm. What what do you remember what you were drinking or what what turns you on to craft beer? I I kind of know the story. Your dad was a brewer, but obviously you probably so, had, had college yeah. experience and we're drinking some shit, right? <laughs> you, know, you know what? That's that's the thing is I never did. I mean, I really obviously I've, ha obviously I've had it. You know, I've done a keg stand. I've done <laughs> I've done some, some guzzling. Uh, I, I've drank so, plenty of that stuff. I like to tell people I've spilt more beer than they've probably drank in their entire life. But uh, but no, my dad was brewing when I was a little kid. So um, when I was 12 years old, he started letting me help him help him out. And he was brewing a lot of uh, dark lagers and the Oktoberfest, stuff like that. And wow. um, and so from a very young age, I was into that stuff, stealing his beer out of the fridge when I was 13, 14 years old. <laughs> and, uh, and so I never allegedly. I never was. Yeah, allegedly. I never was into the I never really got into the, the light, you know, uh, domestic stuff at all. So uh, I was kind of on the good stuff from the start. Well, that that's uh that's that's a rare story. Yeah, because most people have said, "Well, I was <laughs> yeah. drinking this, and I discovered <laughs> yeah. this one beer." But it sounds like yeah. your dad was—he uh, raised you right. Wait, that's proper. I, that's proper education. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I'll probably say the closest thing for me was, you know, like in high school or whatever. We all go grab some beer and show up to a party or whatever. The only thing you could really get down here in Oklahoma City area at that time was um, Amber Bach. Yeah, that was like that was like the closest thing I could get to what I was used to drinking yeah. from my dad, you know, that I supposedly drink from my dad. <laughs> uh, and so I did drink quite a bit of that stuff. So, so it was a Michelob, Michelob product, I believe. So you obviously have this this brewing pedigree because you're, because of your dad. At what point did it shift into uh, maybe 
let's open a brewery. When did when did when did that start? Yeah, man, I think like uh, so when I was in college here at OU, I started working at a place called Coach's uh, oh, yeah. House, <laughs> and it was a brewery slash restaurant here in Norman yeah. and uh, or down in Norman. And I started out as a bartender, and then uh, then eventually became a manager there, but. I got real close with the guy that was brewing, and his name was Mike Grishong. Uh, he now owns Broke Brewing here in Oklahoma City. And uh, he would let me just come back there and kind of help out every once in a while. And then my dad worked for the city of Norman at the time, and he would get off work, and his buddies would come over for happy hour and sit at the bar. And I'd get off work and sit next to him and just start looking around at the equipment and stuff. And we started talking about how cool it'd be to – do something like that you know that was 20 years ago uh wow it was just talk you know it was just kind of daydreaming about it but a lot of uh here's what we would do different or you know here's what the twist we would add to it and man we talked about that for years so <laughs> are, are you doing any any of his recipes yeah so our oatmeal stout called the 49 which is named after a party that we used to have after powwows um it, it was always called a 49 but uh that was my dad's oatmeal stout so um basically the way the story on that goes is uh when he was in the, he had ms and um he went into a nursing home at the age of 56 and then he was in there for several years and he started getting pretty bad off and so uh one day i'm cleaning out his house and going through his stuff and i found that charlie papazian's the joy of home brewing the book and it was in there and I was like, oh man, I've heard about this book so much. I'm flipping through it and there's a piece of paper in there that was one of my dad's like shopping lists. He used to hand it to me and say, go to the homebrew shop and get this stuff and we can make beer, you know? <laughs> and uh, I remembered it I could tell it was an oatmeal stout. And so uh, I made it, took some into the nursing home uh, so he could try it before, you know, <laughs> before he passed away. And he, he was just enjoying it. I remember him saying, man, who made that? And I was like, you did, man, it's your beer. He's like, nah. Damn. That's awesome. And, uh, that's a great story. That's a yeah. great story. So I got kicked wow. out of the nursing home that day. <laughs> We're bringing beer in there. That's yeah, even but better. I was, uh, but, you know, we had a homebrew club here called the Red Earth Brewers, and uh, I was a member of that, and I took it to a meeting one day, and they were like, man, that's a really good beer. And uh, they said down in Dallas every year they have the Blue Bonnet Beer Festival, the beer competition. You ought to send it down there to this competition. I was like, okay. So I sent it down. About a month later I drove down there and hung out for a couple of days. But on the day of the award ceremony, I had to fly out to Phoenix for an Indian gaming conference because I was managing my tribe's casino at the time. And so I flew out there. And when I landed, I had all these uh, missed voice voicemails from people from the homebrew club yelling and screaming you won you won <laughs> and, uh, so so he, well i was looking forward to bringing the medal back to the nursing home for him and um and then i get to the hotel and my brother called and said dad just passed away oh, damn. And oh man so i sat there in a in a bar there in uh, phoenix arizona trying to get a flight set up within the next day or two to get back to oklahoma city and uh my tribal vice chairman and CEO were there with me. And one of them asked, you know, whatever happened to you and your dad talking about, you know, open a brewery one day. And that's when I said, man, I'm going to do it. I got to do it now. I have to, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I sat there and got a nap, literally got a napkin out and made a five-year plan that I was going to brew every weekend for, you know, three years and then spend like a year working on a business plan and then uh, find some, find out who's got my money and uh, <laughs> go uh, 
go start it. And so I, but I told myself, my dad was always known for saying one of these days, right. you know, one of these days we were going to move to Alaska and one of these days we're going to go catch salmon. And the next thing you know, you're in a nursing home at 56. Right. You know? right. And uh, I didn't want to be like that. And I didn't want to have regret because all those people in a nursing home, man, they just, they all have regret over everything yeah. they didn't do in their life. And it scared the hell out of me. And so I said, I'm going to do this by the time I turned 40. That's where the five-year plan came from. I was 35 at the time. And uh, so I turned 40 in October, end of October in 2018. And two weeks later, we brewed our first batch. Wow. That's, I, I love that story. And that, that hits with me. So my business is named after my father. My father died at 38. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, like. Wow. All the stuff you're saying. I mean, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. You do that stuff to keep, you know, yeah, you for your father you to keep the stories got, going. Man. Yeah. No, that's, that is that's awesome. Young. Yeah. Yeah. Cancer. It's a bitch. Yeah. 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 So you, you decided to to start the brewery. And, you know, I, I know the situation in Oklahoma City where you go to the Brewers Union, right? What Tell us, tell us how, how did that process start and what was that like for, for you? I've kind of read about it, but I want that. Yeah, we've read, a, we've read a little bit. We did a little bit of homework. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff you probably hadn't read about that I didn't put in. So, <laughs> so um, I'm at my son's uh, Little League basketball game one day, and uh, his coach's wife um, comes over and sits down and was telling me about how his, this guy was a chef, you know. And I was like, man, I need to talk to this guy. I'm thinking about opening a brewery, and I want to be like the first brew pub in Oklahoma city, like the actual real brew pub with real beer, you know? Right. Right. And, right. and uh, and so I gotta be, make sure none of those guys are around. Uh, what do you say? What do you saying? Bricktown brewery? Wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, and actually my assistant brewer that I hired, that's where, that's where I hired him from. Is, oh, is that uh, right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, but, and so, uh, he, uh, said, man, you gotta meet these people my, that I worked for at this, they owned a wedding facility where he was a chef and, um, they, they, they're wanting to do something. And, you know, I needed money. I needed investors. And so I met with them and the one time only that I ever pitched at that time and, and, uh, they, they invested. And so we got, went on this plan of trying to open this little brewery. We looked all over Norman, we looked for buildings all over the city, everywhere. And then as time went on, um, it, it just, it was hard to find the perfect, you know, building. And so, uh, Brad, who owned the Brewers Union at the time, said he had come to me when I was a home brewer and I was pouring at the Oklahoma Craft Beer Festival uh, just as a home brewer. I had my own, my own table at that, and he's he was trying to get me to, you know, come do something at the Brewers Union at that time. And um, and so I remembered that, and I called him up, and so we kind of put a plan together to to get up in there and do that. And then uh, right before that happened. I started realizing that these people that were investing with me, they they're used to having employees and not partners. And uh, uh, so they literally had like some ideas for a logo that was like my my family and the tribe would have disowned me for, you know, like to <laughs> to token Indian type stuff. Oh, right. wow. so was just, and so uh, sorry, it's my air compressor. Um, <laughs> and so uh, so literally I I. I was driving one day and I remember I was thinking about all this stuff and how they were trying to like take over, you know, and I was in tears and like praying and apologizing to my dad for kind of screwing up our dream, you know, and the next morning I got on the computer and sent him an email and kind of uh, bluffed 
And I said, either you guys can start the native-owned brewery without me, which they couldn't do without me, right? or, uh, or um, let me buy them out. And I had no money to buy them out. They, they'd only had, had like 30 grand in it, you know, at the time. And so uh, they said they'll take a buyout, and here's how much. And I called everybody I knew from the casino business because that's the only place I knew where there was, like, money. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so the girl that I used to buy slot machines from hooked me up with uh, Rod, who was a friend of hers. And uh, I went and pitched for the second time ever, and now he's uh, my business partner. So we went into the Brewers Union and started making more beer than we knew what we were going to do with 15 barrel system. When you first start out, it's a lot of beer. So, kind of, uh, yeah. yeah kind of explain what the Brewers Union is. To, right. To yeah, we've so, had, it, we've yes. had another guest talk about yeah. it. We don't really know so, what all it is. Yeah. So the, who, who'd you, was it somebody from the Brewers Union? That you uh, had? Pat, Pat Lively. He, oh he, yeah. Pat. Pat yeah, yeah. Yeah. I knew, I know, that. I knew about it, but I want people who are listening yeah. to understand what, yeah. what it is. Cause it's kind of, it's pretty so, unique. Yep. So it's a, it's like a co-op. It was a, uh, it was a place um a brewery with a little tap room that was shared by multiple breweries um there were times where there were two of us in there and there were times when there was five of us in there and so we would share the equipment share the tap room uh, pay like a, a fee to use the equipment um, pay a percentage of the sales from the tap room to the brewers union and it was uh definitely not a way to make money you know the fees and stuff were too too much and then the taproom business there was pretty slow because it was in a, not the best part of town and so uh, but it got us going and it got us some recognition and it got beer out into the market and i think that's that really helped us with getting a loan that we ended up needing to build this place out um and then because you know we kind of had a proven concept and then um also you know when we opened here it basically made it to where we we, we already had a business, so we weren't starting from scratch. Right. You know, we hit hit the ground running a little bit. Already had some name recognition and ability to draw a crowd into the tap room. So, in a setup like that, are you mostly brewing for distribution more than you are mm -hmm. for the tap room? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just your your fifteen barrels is a you know even even here, you know that's uh, half of our beer has to go out to to distro, and even though we're busy pretty busy in the taproom here but um yeah it's all about that it's there's a i learned a lot of things you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh what i wish i'd have done type stuff you know right but but uh i'm a big believer in you know what you've done is what led you here so i, I probably wouldn't change much of anything except for i probably would have went i would have see we had to brew he wanted us to brew two batches every month so 30 barrels a month, like we were contracted to brew that much. Wow. So that we would pay, pay him the brew fee for that. Right, right. And um, the only way to do that was, I mean, you couldn't just start with one beer, you know. I mean, and so I ended up with uh, five core lineup beers. And it was just a lot. You know, it's too much. And even today, I kind of, there's maybe times I wish maybe we'd have kept it at two or three core lineup beers. And then just do a bunch of one-off IPAs and stouts and stuff. Right, right. How, how many are you doing now as your core? Are you still at three or five? I added to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Speaking of beer. So, that, that's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's, mystery. Drop off. it's mystery beer time. This is the mystery uh, beer bag, Jake. Uh, it came uh, from a golf course. Uh, there's a story behind it. We don't really know the story, but we have the bag. So I, I reached it. I, I bring beers. Nick never knows what I'm bringing. And I'm hoping for stouts tonight. He's hoping for stouts. 
there's your first beer of the night. First mystery beer. Like I told you, no paper bag. I might quit. This, well, this norm- show might end. Normally, normally I'm, I, I class it up and bring them in paper bags as well, but I'm out. So you're gonna have to you guys are toughing on this one, buddy. Well, it's not a stout. Well, okay, what, what do we got there? This is uh, pills, pills, pills from uh, Jay Wakefield Brewing. Yep, out of Florida. Out of Florida. Mm. Yep. Let's let's hear it. Let's I'm hear guessing it. it's a pills. It is a pills. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna play another game. That's a beautiful uh, guess, sound. Guess the ABV. You gotta, after you take a drink, you got to guess the ABV. I, I, could, I mean, it's a pills. It's probably going to be like, I don't know, 5.2, maybe 5.8, maybe. You know, you talk like that a lot, but it's funny how many times you're wrong. No, I'm wrong most <laughs> of the time, so it works out. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It smells like a pills. It does. I mean, I'm, I'm starting you light, man. Don't want you, to, you said you haven't eaten since noon, so. <laughs> 11. 11, so. I'm going to say 5.2. I haven't even tasted it. I'm just going to throw, throw the guess out there. You ready? Yeah. Your actual ABV? What's that? 4.8. So, did, well, it's close. You went over. I went over. Bob, so Bob Barker says no points for you. <laughs> so, so what's... What, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> you you expanded your core. So what is your what is your favorite thing? What do you love to brew? Oh, IPAs for sure. You know, I mean, that's what... Uh, when I worked at Coaches, the... These guys from the post office down the street would all come in for their happy hour, and uh, they were drinking the coach's IPA at the time. And it was a recipe that one of the owners, who was the original brewmaster, Brian Smittle, he had come up with. He's actually now he owns uh, Thirsty Planet down in Austin, Texas. Okay. But um, this it was a West Coast IPA. This is early 2000s, too, so, you know, it's a little on the malty side. Yeah. And um, – I was used to drinking my dad's, you know, beers, and I'd, I'd not had a lot of IPAs. And I remember tasting it. It's like, oh, man, it tastes like dish soap, you know. It was disgusting. <laughs> and, but uh, these guys, it was so bitter, you know. And uh, these guys were just like, it was like a cult following over there with that beer. And that's like all we would serve. And um, the guy, the main guy from the post office, that was, we called him the mayor. He was the mayor of coaches. He, uh, he said, uh, when you get off work, Pour, pour you a growler of it and go sit over there and shoot pool and force that growler down your throat. And I was like, all right, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I did that, and uh, about an hour, about an hour later, I was refilling that that growler, and uh, I was hooked on hops ever since. Wow, and most That's of the early name, by 2000s, the way. yeah, most of the <laughs> early 2000s, there was like you couldn't give me a beer that was bitter enough, you know, like really? I couldn't. Yeah, like Stone IPA. Yeah. Uh, I probably originally I started drinking a whole bunch of Sierra Nevada Pell Ale and then um, and then the Celebration Ale right yeah, after yeah. that. And then I quickly went on to like Stone and stuff like that. Yeah, but, you, you uh, are a hophead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and then now with all the hazies, you know, and I remember when we first moved into the Brewers Union, I, I remember saying I would never brew a hazy. And, um, that's now, now that's yeah. You know what? You know what yeah. I've learned on this show? Never say never. Yep, never say yeah. never. That's right. Yeah, somebody I mean, asked yeah. somebody asked me the other day if we if we'd ever do a non-alcohol beer, and I was about to say hell no, and then I, <laughs> and I said, "Well, never say never." Yeah, <laughs> like like seltzers and shit, right? Yeah, you know, yeah oh, I'll never yeah. do a seltzer. Everybody's yeah. doing them. Yep. You know, yep. you got it. You got to please, like, please if the, the crowd. If the price is right, you'll brew anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what's that like being at the Brewers Union? And then, you know, you're, you don't have a, you, you're serving it there, but 
you're going into distribution. I mean, that's a different model. That's not a thing that happens here in the Kansas City area. I mean, you you open it, you open yeah. a tap room, and most people at some point go into distribution, but it's always the tap room first. It's kind of a reverse model there, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and honestly, probably a better model. You know, I mean, it yeah. was tough for us. Like, um, if I was to tell you the amount of money we burned through in two and a half years at the Brewers Union, of course, you know, COVID had a lot to do with it, but right. um, you'd be you'd be shocked to know. Um, but uh, it's and even still today, like even now, there's there's a lot of times that and I love the place we have here, and I, and I love what we're doing. But a lot of my friends now are doing tap room only breweries, and they got little five or you know three and a half five seven barrel systems and yeah. and uh just brewing something new like every single time and i yeah. you know i i kind of that would be pretty cool to do you know yeah. um i i think that what you're saying the way the, the opposite of what we did is the way to go i mean it really is the the better more sensible business model but once we got in there we were where we were and it was time to make something of it so yeah yeah so how long have you guys been open we opened this location October the second, so two months exactly. Much. Oh wow, wow! And, yeah. and how big is the system again? So we have a fifteen barrel system here, um, but I have the tanks. You might be able to see behind me the ones closest to me. Those are thirty barrel tanks, and then wow. across from them, on the all the way back against the wall, there's three fifteen barrel tanks. So three fifteens, three thirties. Um, wow. They're all unit. They're all unit tanks. So we ferment and carbonate out of the same tanks and then uh, so all of our core stuff uh fancy dance res dog mosquito hawk uh even the 49 and then uh, white cloud which is our our wit that's the sixth to the core lineup and the reason i added another one really was just to have six like make it an even <laughs> six we could we could do a we could do a good christmas you know uh variety six pack uh, right you know, right kind of thing so um but yeah, so we do uh, all those in 30s. All the core beers go in the 30-barrel tanks, double batches. And then um, then those 15s are a lot of our one-off stuff. And that's our new goal now is we're trying to have a one-off can release every weekend. Uh, wow. So that's so cool. Half of those maybe go to the distro and half stay here. So. Right. Well, I think you are you are more into the distribution game than a lot of the brewers that we, we get on here. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah, a bigger yeah. part of your business. Yeah. Well, yeah Oklahoma yeah. City is different in that way. That's because I, I tell people all the right, time. Yeah. You, you know, can. I know you go into into the on queue, and I'm like, holy shit, all these oh, breweries yeah. are in here. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's yeah. not that's not well, the case here. Well, a lot of that's got to do with the laws. So uh, we weren't able to have tap rooms until right. like 2016, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there was all these breweries that started up before that. That that's all you could do was distribution. You right. Know? And um, and then even the ones that started up like us, like right after 2016, they came up learning that the beer business was distribution. Right. You know? And so and then we're all like maybe even secretly comparing ourselves to these breweries that were already here that are all about distribution. And so but I do think now as time has gone by, we're seeing more and more tap. Like I said earlier, tap room only uh, breweries opening up. And and what I like about that model is it's less competition They're not competing with everybody on the shelves at on or Walmart or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're uh, just trying to be the neighborhood brewery, you know, neighborhood yeah. bar type thing. Yeah. And that, that's the way Kansas city is. It's, and even, you know, this, it's interesting because talking to you and talking to Pat lively and even just going down and going to breweries, there's these big ass systems and yeah. really 
here, I mean, I, I have, you know, five or six guys who have breweries and the biggest ones are like seven barrel. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's big here. You know, yeah. if you're not, yeah. if you're not Boulevard or Martin city, everybody else is quite a bit smaller, but you're right. Yeah. It's kind of the neighborhood, you know, yeah, and, and, uh, tap room. And, and you know, and you know, for me, like, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm all that old, but I'm 43 and I didn't start this when I was 30 or 33. And so I was looking to start a business that, you know, I didn't have to run casinos anymore and that I, me and my family could, could work in the business. And right. to, be on, to be honest with you, like a taproom only business model, it's hard to feed that many mouths, you know? Right. Right. It's, right. And it's hard to kind of make the living that I'd, you know, need to make in order to feed my kids and all that stuff. And so right. um, we needed to do something a little bit bigger. And, I, and I'm a big believer, too. And like, man, uh, Zig Ziglar is a guy I used to listen to about leadership and stuff. And he he used to talk about training fleas. You got to learn how to train fleas. And if you take fleas and you put them in a jar and they'll sit there and they'll sit there and jump out. Right. But if you put a lid on it, they'll sit there and hit that lid, hit that lid. And then a little bit later, you take the lid off, and they'll only jump as high as that lid was. It's because they've been trained <laughs> that they can they can they can only jump so high, right? And right. So you gotta you gotta train yourself and people that there's no lid, and you gotta right. build you know have be have an unlimited ceiling. And I think like giving ourselves a 15 barrel system and these 30 barrel tanks is it basically it told us that this is how much beer you're gonna brew, and now we gotta go sell it. And right. so it's, it's, it's basically like not, not putting a ceiling on ourselves. You know, you can, you can, people can do a lot more than they, than they think they can do. You know? Yeah. 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 So what's it, what's a good it, lesson. Yeah. What's it been like? Obviously you're the first native American brewery in Oklahoma. That's, that's pretty huge. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I know there's some, there's some, uh, so there's actually a brewery, some guys that I know are native up in, uh, Broken Arrow that okay. started a brewery, um, but they opened right around the time we did at the Brewers Union. But um, they don't, they don't. I know, I just happen to know they're native. They don't talk about you know being native. Gotcha. Um, and so we 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 really are probably the you know the first ones to to put it out there and say. And the actual brewery is Native American. The branding, the everything about it the way we right. interact with the customers and our get the way we treat our employees is all drawn from our native american culture uh, the whole goal of everything that we that we do with whether it's beer names whether it's the fill of the tap room um and all that kind of stuff all the way we handle a lot of our uh, storytelling you know is um, all about teaching the the public about our culture and our heritage and there's a lot of misconceptions about Native Americans. There's a lot of uh, misunderstandings about Native Americans. And a lot of that's because our old people, um, you know, were taught to keep the culture quiet, not share it with people. Right. Uh, mainly because it used to be illegal to practice your culture as a Native American. It right, was literally, right. literally illegal. And so you would keep it quiet that you were even doing that. And so what that led to is people not understanding who we are. A lot of people don't understand we're still here, you know. I mean, right. they think of black and white pictures of some native <laughs> right. on, a, on a horse, you know, and and they don't they don't know that 
you know, look at me. This is native. You know, so I've had, I've had people, you don't look native. I'm like, well, what do you want me to have a headdress on and be screaming and yelling through the prairie? You know, like, I mean, this is native. This is right. what we're doing is neighbor business owners. Um, we're doing a lot of great things. And so we're just trying to share that with people and teach people about that. And uh, the beer names, man, that's like, it brings up a lot of interesting conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wonder about the the amount of effort that you put in, you know, intentional effort. Because, I mean, you just alluded to it earlier where your first partner, you know, there was a lot of, like, token design and token yeah. story there. Yeah. But are you are you really focusing a lot on, on pushing past those things? Yep. I am now. So when we first started, I actually, what I kind of skipped over was back then I also had a partner that we, that was like my co-founder with me that we grew up together in the homebrew club and he was not, he's non-native. And, um, so when we first started, we wanted to have a brewery that was, had the native branding, but yet it was Oklahoma, an Oklahoma brewery and it appealed to both appealed to everybody in Oklahoma. Um, even through the beer styles that we were brewing and that kind of stuff. And, and then he's no longer with the company. And then after he left, I was just like, man, that's, that's not how you brand. Like, that's not how you storytell is to try to be all things, all people. Like, right. we, should, we, we need to be proud of what we are and who we are and go at that 100%. There, I'll admit there was some fear that I had behind alcohol and Native Americans and some maybe would some of our people, some of my, uh, even my tribal members in my tribe, family members, would they... You know, how would they feel about that? There was some fear about that. But um, once I realized just to go all in on it and not be ashamed of it, and not be fearful of it, um, that's when things really took off for us. And not only that, but, folk, but brew the beers I want to brew instead of trying to brew a beer for everybody. Let's uh, what you know, I didn't I was afraid of being another brewery that brewed a lot of IPAs. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be that. But then again, I started then I started looking around. I was like, OK, well, who really is like in Oklahoma, you know, Rough Tail brews IP, a lot of great IPAs. Yeah. And then Stone, Stone Cloud does a lot of everything, but they um, they're really great Imperial Stouts and, and they do really good with some double IPAs and stuff. But nobody's like shameless about it and says this is what we're going to do right. and so for those years at the brewers union you know we i wish i'd have been doing that and so that's what we're trying to do right now is uh all these every week when we're coming out these can releases you know 80 percent of them are ipa double ipa we got triple ipa coming out so we're just gonna attack those hops and see how long we can drive with that <laughs> Hops aren't going anywhere, right? Nah. They're, 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 nah. they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's yeah. been what's the what's been the reception from from your tribe and and you know from your community? Oh man, great man! Like, um, I think in what's it been now? Three years? Oh, you know what? Ye yesterday, uh, Evan from Vanessa House Brewing down the street sent me a picture yeah. that he had. He was there for my first batch that I ever brewed at the Brewers Union. He helped me that day, and he <laughs> sent me a pic. He sent me a picture yesterday, and he said today's three years today of the first batch and wow, I forgot, awesome. I'd, I'd forgotten all about it yeah so um but anyway so three years of doing this i think there's been you know a couple comments from some natives that you know that didn't that thought it was a bad idea um for every one of those there's hundreds or thousands of comments of support and like pride they're proud 
of what we're doing. We're there. Uh, you know, I also, besides just marketing beer, you know, I'm always talking about entrepreneurship and, yeah. and fo following your dream. And, and I have a podcast called brood with hustle where uh, we've been a little bit on a hiatus since we started building over here, but, um, we talk about that kind of stuff, you know, like how to how to start a business and how to follow your dreams and leadership and that kind of stuff. And so a lot of our tribal members are real um, glad to see somebody that's like them doing that. Yeah. Um, we have beer on the shelves at Walmart. Right. So it's like how many Native American products are on the shelves at Walmart? I know at the really, time that we real. went in, we were the only one when we first went in there. I don't know. I haven't checked to see if anything else is in well, there. That's still quite, I mean, just for anybody to get on the shelves at Walmart is a good, is a yeah. coup. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. To throw in that you're, you know, the, the mm -hmm. only Native American one on there is, is even bigger. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, 90% of it or more has been super supportive. Um, there's, uh, I can't get into it now, but there's a future big move coming for us that shows that. That shows wow. how a tribe feels about us. So yeah. uh, hopefully we're announcing something here around January or February. What's what's it been like? Because obviously Oklahoma City is a mover and shaker in beer. Because I tell people all the time, I'm like, Oklahoma City's underrated when it comes to beer. What's it mm -hmm. like hopping into the game with all you know with Vanessa House and you know uh, all all those guys? You know now you're in there with that with that group. What's what's that been like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think everywhere around the country, people talk about the, the brewery owners are so supportive of each other. It's so different. In fact, we just we just had a guy in here um, the day before Thanksgiving from Dallas. Him and his son came up and he was talking about how awesome Oklahoma City beer scene is, you know, and and we got to talking about how the craft beer business is like that. Everybody's just so supportive. Um, helping each other, you know, everything, a lot of the stuff we did back here, putting this equipment together, I got a lot of help from guys at Rough Tail, Stone Cloud, um, Elk Valley, all, you know, like I said, Vanessa House, and Twisted Spike, these guys all help. And then for those of us in this little district that we call, it's called Automobile Alley. Uh, it's a little uh, district here in downtown Oklahoma City. Um, they we're all real supportive and we've talked to each other about, you know, let's not have trivia night on the same night. Let's right, uh, right. You know, try, do, do some things together. So yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty neat. How, how has it been opening, opening that tap room? I mean, you know, everybody says it's kind of the nice thing is you're trying to be that neighborhood mm -hmm. tap room, the neighborhood place. I mean, were they just I ready mean, to come in? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what the two and a half years at the Brewers union is what we were gearing up for, you know, yeah. was, our opportunity to not only flex our muscle in the brewery and brewing what we want and when we want, but also to provide an experience in the tap room that um, isn't seen a lot of times in breweries. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, we, me and my fiance, Bobby, we both come from the casino business. And um, there was just a lot of things about breweries all around the country that I've never understood why, like, there's never any kind of table service. There's never, the, you know, the, the the experience is so cool and unique and different that I think customer service sometimes um, isn't the first thought of importance for a lot of breweries, you right. know. Right. And we wanted to bring what we learned from the casino business where it's all about the service. Like when John, Johnny comes in to play a slot machine and he puts his card in there and somebody's alerted that big spender Johnny's here and this is the kind of cigar and whiskey he likes and that gets brought <laughs> right. over to him. Like that service makes people feel special 
and wanted and we wanted to find little ways to make people feel like that when they come in here and we're still trying to develop some of that stuff and put some of that stuff together but um so what are some is, of the things that you're doing there oh well i mean like a lot of stuff is like the biggest number one thing is the table service like and and like we don't constantly always do table service but we we trained our staff to always be thinking about if you're you know a lot of bars it's like if there's time to lean there's time to clean well for us <laughs> there's time to lean there's time to go out and ask somebody what's next you know right. what are you going to have next um teaching them you know if they worked at a lot of breweries before they're used to just people walking up to the bar and ordering a beer we're teaching them to look out and see that somebody's down to their last two drinks or whatever right. go over you know, you got a guy sitting on his laptop over in the corner and the last thing he wants to do is get up, you right. know, and come and come up there to order something. He might order something right now if you just asked him and brought it to him. So uh, and then that and then also just the feel, the look and feel of our tap room, um, I think is unmatched in Oklahoma City. Like there's some great tap rooms. Everybody's got their their feel, their unique thing. Right. And for, for us, it's all about comfort. And uh, we overspent on furniture. We have a lot of. One thing I learned from casino business is the importance of zones, right? And so people like to be able to sit in an area and not feel like they're just out in the open. People like that a lot. And so we have a lounge upstairs called the Eagle's Nest. I'm a big cigar bourbon guy, so it feels like a cigar lounge up there. Um, we've got a lounge downstairs that's just kind of a little bit separated from the main tap room. And that feels like you're at your buddy's living room with a big screen TV. We've got big screen TVs all around the tap room. Breweries don't like TVs. We do. Yeah. We're in Oklahoma, <laughs> man. It's a college football world. Yeah. You know? so we have, we yeah, you got to have, yeah. you yeah, have yeah, the OU game on. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> they're going to go elsewhere. Yeah. You want to open yeah. a mystery beer, Nick? I should. We should do this. What we got there? Uh, we're back to uh, Jay Wakefield Brewing. We've got Sleepy Hollow. It's a sour ale with blueberry, lemon, orange, lactose, and vanilla. Sounds delicious. Nice pour. The can's dented. Yeah. Shout out to uh, to my girl for bringing me those from from Florida. Oh, look at the color of that thing, man. Look at man. that. Look at that. That's like a little grape juice. Purple. Yeah. You yes. know what that is? That that looks like Protestant communion. <laughs> it's Catholic beer. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of beer. Easter beer. There, that's the Easter beer. Look at that. That was not. That was not a great pour. No, you, yeah, you screwed that up, buddy. Slacking, man. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I was. Thank you. I was. I was too busy going for going for the the Jesus joke. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, he just. Uh, oh, that's good. Kind of sweet, kind of sour. Yeah, well, that's, that's tasty. That's pretty tasty. That's tasty. Yeah. Well done, Jay Wakefield. Uh, yeah, Nick just had his. Uh, so when we started this show, what? Almost two years ago. Are we at, yeah, yeah almost, Febru- I think February will be two yeah. years. Um, Nick didn't, he knew a little bit about beer, but he really didn't drink that much beer. I didn't pay attention. And we, you know, we've coached him up. And so, uh, I, I like, I like bourbon and I like rum. <laughs> I like, I, like I just got into rum recently. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, he just got in on his, uh, what, three weeks, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, his first brew day. He brewed a, oh, okay. a, a Christmas stout with uh, oh, oatmeal, nice. stout? oatmeal with uh, cranberry and cinnamon. So I was mm. hoping because I've been on many a brew day at many a brewery. I was hoping for him to, you know, to get that full uh, Monty experience. Well, my buddy's brewery, <laughs> you know, it's so much automation. I'm like, well, shit, he didn't break a sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
which which you know yeah. what I'm okay with because look, that was fun. But you brewers, you guys work at the <laughs> Yeah, you got to get him. You got to get him set up with home brewers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. I, I, I don't want to work that hard, <laughs> bro. Okay, I want to give him another brew day. Trust me. Learn, learn how to learn how to do this. Do. <laughs> and and clean. Yeah, yeah. When people come used to come over and brew with me in my garage, what it really meant they were wanting to come over and drink beer, and every once in a while they want to throw a hop in or. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then about right towards the end of the boil, they man, they got something they got to go do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, now to be fair, our buddy Nolan, who had us out to Transparent Brewing to do this, I really don't think he would going to trust any of us to clean. Yeah, I, he's, I, he's <laughs> he has he probably has the cleanest uh, brew house I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's pretty. It's immaculate. It's pretty fucking. Dope. Yeah. I, nice. I would have eaten off the floor. So shout shout out shout out to Nolan. That was fun. That was that was a lot of fun. You'll, you'll get another one. <laughs> You're next. Uh, well, your day is next. I, I've already done it. I, I've already done it, bro. It's fine. I I know what goes into the. You just you just need one with less automation. That's all it is. <laughs> Veto. Should have, should have had him at the Brewers Union. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. But we're gonna field trip down there and get him uh, get him on. on a Look, if day. it includes a field trip to go drink with more new friends, I'm I'm cool. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. So how big's your place? How big's uh, the tap room and all that business? So the entire building is a little over 7,000 square feet. Uh, roughly two of that is tap room. But then with that upstairs mezzanine, um, that adds another like 1,200 or 1,400 square feet of seating up there. And then we've just got a really big, nice patio space out front. Uh, two big glass garage doors that open up and go out to the, the patio. So That's a big space. Yeah. That's a really big yeah. space. Man, I, man, when we first... Uh, Start building over here. I was like, "Oh my god, this place is huge!" And now we're like, "Man, where are we going to put everything? (laughs) There's no no space for anything." How big's your brew house? So, 15 barrel. We've got a a cat. Why just been square footage? Like, oh yeah, I mean that's taken up um, about 4,000 square foot because I don't know if you can see behind me that wall right there. Yeah. And then you go you go through that entry. Well, we couldn't really build anything back behind that wall. And so we put a huge giant cooler back there. Ah. So that's a that's all cooler space back there. But I mean, which works out good because we're in distribution. So yeah, you but, can um, yeah. cooler space. Yeah, yeah. So, but our biggest our biggest issue right now is just uh, like shelving storage space. You know, I mean, we're okay right now, but I, as we're, I mean, distribution's just since we opened the tap room is just taken off like like crazy because the brand awareness is so much more now that we have yeah. the tap room and stuff. And, and so like this, uh, I'll show you here, the, the, this racking and stuff that we have here is, I mean, we're about out of space with that, yeah. you know? Um, and so we're just trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, find some more, I, I'm trying to find somewhere to put some barrels. I mean, that was a big part of our plan <laughs> to do some barrel aging and stuff. So. Yeah. That is a that is a huge space though. That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, I can't wait to come check that out. Because I can't yeah. tell you how many how many people we've talked to that, you know, by week two of opening after opening they are mm-hmm. we're done. We right. don't know where else yep. to put anything. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So are you are you in like one of those older buildings that did you uh, have to renovate? Yeah. Yeah. It's an old building. Um, I think they said it was like from the forties or something. Um, and there's, there was just not a lot of documented history on this building. We tried to find some stuff, but, huh. um, 
but yeah, it's an older building and it was just all wide open space. So we had to build, um, you can see it back here. That's the tap room through that window. Uh -huh. And then up, upstairs is the, the Eagle's nest, the lounge, but we had to build that whole wall right here. Right. And then, and then, you know, uh, the upstairs stuff, but it was just, it was open all the way through. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, so you're, you're in the game, you're, you're up and running and at it now. Uh, I know you kind of uh, said something's coming up. What you have? Do you have a, like a five-year plan for where you are right now in that particular space? Or yeah, so <clears throat> I think we all know like the days of the Sierra Nevadas and and, and uh, you know Stone, those regional or national brands. That's if it's not over, it's at least going to be very limited to you know, a few people that are able to grow to that point, right. mainly because people are into local. People want what's local, you know? So um, you, you want to distribute beer from Oklahoma City out to uh, Florida. Well, people in Florida don't want to drink Oklahoma beer. They want to drink Florida beer, you right. know? And so that business model, because of that hunger for local, is just not as attainable and doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But we have a couple of unique opportunities for us. For first off, I mean, I think in general in the beer in the beer world, I think the smarter thing is uh, multiple locations, um, other tap yeah. rooms, um, maybe even small another like small brew pub or whatever. Um, for us, also, if it some stuff that could be like out of state would be our native thing. You know, um, in my in my years of running casinos, I made a lot of connections in the casino business. Uh, most people that run casinos or, or tribal leaders, I know them pretty well. And um, so maybe doing some things in casinos, wink, wink. Is, uh, Breaking po news. Possibly possibly a way to grow for us, you know. So That's awesome. Those are, those are big plans, great plans. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully we got to get those uh, casino customers to drink beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think you can get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've got a unique, uh, uh, <laughs> and plus you worked in the business, so I mean, it's not yeah. Like you, you well, that's what I'm afraid of, though, because I know they don't not they weren't typically a lot of craft beer drinkers in the right. In, well, in they the, just, you know, as as I tell people, they just don't know they like it. That's right. They, I mean, yeah. if 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 you don't you know hip them to it. You know, yeah. how, how are they going to know? Yeah. So if you do something like that, it's just got to be in the right city. It's got to be in the right town, the right place yeah. where, you get, where you're getting the craft beer drinker to come to the casino. You know, it's right. kind of right. like, yeah. kind of like, I don't ever really try to get the Bud Light crowd to drink craft beer. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you got to make a light beer for them. Like a lot of people thought Res Dog was that. That was our way of doing a light beer for the light beer drinkers. But uh -huh. I look, I look at a Coors Light or a Bud Light drinker like a Chevy driver or a Ford driver, they ain't driving that other brand no matter right. what, no matter what. You know? right. Yeah. They're going to drink. They've been driving Chevy their whole life and that's all they're going to drive. The Coors Light drinkers going to drink Coors Light. He ain't drinking Res Dog. He don't care. Even if he liked it when he first tried it, his pride won't let him. Right. Yeah. 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 And we might accidentally convert some people over time. And as it becomes a bigger thing and they're surrounded by it, yeah, right. they'll be they'll be converted to it. But I'm trying to get the craft beer drinkers to to drink Res Dog. You know, that's I'm trying to get a light beer that they will like. You know, I, I think, you know, it's kind of twofold. Yeah, you want the craft beer drinkers. But every once in a while, because, you know, craft beer is still a niche thing, you know. Mm -hmm. 
every once in a while you get somebody who comes into a tap room and you know like you said one one at a time it's not you know you're not yeah, a busload of you know, well, I'll guys. tell you, I'll tell you what. I think that's the great thing about the hazy thing, the hazy IPAs. Yeah, because and why, why, like you said, a little while ago, hops ain't going away. One of the reasons hops aren't going away is because hazies came out, and right. the, the hazy IPAs. I can't. Our number one beer is Fancy Dance. It's a hazy IPA, and like I can't tell you how many people have come in and said they don't like IPAs <laughs> and they they drink Fancy Dance, and now that's all they drink. Is yeah, hazy IPAs, you know. So, you know, it's well. And I think too, you're going to get a lot of people that are coming just because there's there's a vibe to tap rooms, mm -hmm. and yeah, people yeah. want that vibe as much yeah. as they want the beer. Yep, yep. Right. Yep. I, I'd rather I'd rather go to a neighborhood tap room than almost anywhere else. Right. I mean, yeah. that's that's what I do when I come to Oklahoma City. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I go to the ones that I like, but I'm also going to go to the ones that are new. You know, so. Yep. Yeah, just to, you know, exactly. because I'm I'm that person in, 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 in any city. But I want to go back to something real quick. You know, you're talking about the multiple location thing. Mm -hmm. we, we went to a, 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 a festival in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that's kind of their model. Right. Yep. So you might have the brewery one place and in another neighborhood. There's another tavern. Yep. So, you know, I don't there's know a, why other cities aren't doing that. I mean, that's 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 it. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like I said earlier here about why so many breweries are in distribution, you know, distro heavy. It's because of the laws, you know, yeah. they kind of they they originally created a culture of how business is done and beer here. And I think a lot of states are like that. I'm a huge. I used to live in Montana for a little bit when I was a kid, and now I go back every year. And um, when we go to Montana, in between backpacking, we hit breweries, you know, and yeah. it's a whole. It's a very similar there too because of the laws. They have a weird law with the liquor licenses and there's only so many per county and that kind of thing and they, like to get a hold of one of those could cost up to a million dollars we talked to wow. a brewery wow. they spent a million dollars just to buy the license like a bidding bidding war you know wow and um and so what happens is they'll it's the people with the money that build a brewery and then they'll build little tap rooms around that don't have the brewing equipment in there because if right. you have the brewing equipment there on site they can only serve it something like 16 ounces or yeah. 20, 20, whatever it was, you know, Some weirdness. but if, if there's not brewing equipment there, meaning they're a bar, then <laughs> um, they can serve whatever they want and they can stay open late and all that stuff. So uh, that's the good, laws forced that good old right. prohibition. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's you, all it is. Thank it's you just, for sticking around. Yeah. It's just those laws, those ancient laws that, I mean, even here, you know, like on the Kansas side of, of, uh, Kansas City, you know, up until maybe I don't know eight months ago, if you had a brewery, you know, there was some weird law that you had to have a certain amount of food, right? Yep. And it was, you know, it was antiquated. It, it made no sense. It Texas, was, I believe, still has that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Where well, on the Missouri side, that's not the thing. But yeah, you know, every, we have we have that we have that here. If you want to have a brew pub license, if you're going to have a really? brew pub license, so that you want the brew pub license, so you can have liquor, like you can have a full liquor bar, right? right? But in order to do that, you have to have food. And if you have a brew pub license, it's like 51% of your sales, I think, yeah. have to be from food or whatever. So, yeah, it's just uh, making sure you keep everybody in, in happy. <laughs> is that is that still in your goal? I mean, maybe one of the other locations ends up being like a brew pub. You know, I don't know if you guys ever came. Prairie used to have a brew pub in Tulsa. Yep, I uh, sure did. And uh, that was always a cool, a cool thing. And, you yeah. know. 
Um, food's important. We're lucky here that it hasn't started yet, but we have a space right next to us that a restaurant will be moving into. And so we'll have a, you know, arrangement worked out where you can have food brought over to you and order it all in one tab and, and it'll be seamless. It'll be just like we have a restaurant, you know, but I don't have to nice. manage cooks and, and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, so. That's sweet. Keeps it simple. Yeah. 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 Nice. That's you, awesome. You ready for your next? Do last, we need to have our last mystery? Your beer? last mystery here. You know, you ask and you shall receive. Oh, is it stout time? It's stout time. Oh, a little alma mater. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, again, going back to the breweries here, I think alma mater might have a four-barrel system. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're probably drooling. Because I remember when I when I went to Lively, I was like, how big is that system? He's like, it was 30-barrel. I'm like, yeah. holy yeah. shit. Just crazy. Yep. That's just nuts. And he's like, "Well, we're just using 15 right now, but you know, yeah. we have room. We have room to grow." Yep. Yeah. That, that's. I mean, but on the flip side of that, here, you know, most of my friends who, who own breweries, man, they would love to have bigger systems. But then, but but then they're like, they're you know, their space is so small that yeah. you know, I've got I've got one one of the breweries I work at, Diametric. You know, it's a pretty good sized space. It's probably five thousand square foot. And but the brew house is so tight because they've got the they've got the fermenters and they got pride tanks and mm-hmm. it's so they're just you know, gonna get, build I, they're just gonna I build a new lot building. Of, I get a lot of you know like I said I got a lot of friends here who have taproom only breweries yeah and I, I hear I a lot of times they'll be like oh man I wish we could have a system that big or I wish we were in distribution I'm like why like, why, <laughs> why why do you wish that because like if they don't if they don't have like a actual business um reason for it like a future growth plan that they right. want to have for like a real reason that whether it's for a different lifestyle or for uh you know they want to eventually sell their business or whatever it is if there's not a business reason for doing it there's there's no other positives to being big and doing distro <laughs> like i mean what what those guys are doing with the small batch what do you say is four barrel or whatever yeah I mean, yeah. Like, yeah i mean i guarantee you that beer is probably better than a lot of beers that, that you're going to have from bigger breweries because it's easier to control the process. Right. Um, they can spend more money per batch on ingredients because they're going to sell it all through the tap room where the margins are big. Right. And they get to be creative. They don't have to have a core line of it. They have to brew all. Like every time I'm like, oh, man, I feel like brewing this IPA using the, this hop and that hop. I'm like, Oh shit! I got to brew Res Dog, Mosquito Hawk, and Fancy Dance distributor <laughs> right. of, You know, and so yeah, there's not a lot of other than ego. There's no other reason. <laughs> How often do you get to brew off of your core list? Do you get to go do the creative thing? Oh, I mean, I would say a third of the time. You know, which which is more than maybe some would expect, and it's because we committed to doing this new can release every week um we actually haven't we've yet to deliver on that promise like (laughs) um we have so christmas christmas eve that weekend we won't have a beer release that weekend and we missed we had a beer two weeks ago we were going to release that just didn't uh wasn't ready yet like you know i had it's totally stout and so the chipotle just wasn't coming through strong enough yet and so we delayed it and now we're going to release it this week um and so you know another weekend that we didn't have a beer release but it'll take us a while to yeah one to get to figure out our rhythm our system you know like 
Yeah. I, every every time I think we're good on the core stuff and at the distributor's warehouse, like next thing I know, I'm being told, "Hey, man, where's all the fancy dance? You know, we're out." And <laughs> so we got to brew that again. You know, so we're yeah. just trying to get caught up and getting a rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're only two months in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's what sometimes it's hard here? to hard to remember that because we're actually yeah. three years old, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. Right. All right. You've got Alma Mater settling in mochaccino to double milk stout. It's fabulous. I had it over the weekend. I, I brought it because I knew you would you would like it. But I'll drink some more. Don't don't. Well, don't. you want me to just keep this to myself? No, 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 no. Oh. no. <laughs> Does it have yeah. coffee in it? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I believe it I smells. Think, I, think, I smell I think it. it. I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. It's smelling yeah, it, de- like, it's it, de- smelling de- like it definitely does. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. He, he doesn't do much of a uh, descriptor on that label. We just it's did a coffee though. cinnamon milk style. You did micro. one? Yeah, yeah, for, just for the taproom. Oh, nice. That is delightful. Isn't it delicious? That is yeah. wonderful. It's very, very good beer. Very good beer. So was there, obviously coming from the Brewers Union and and then jumping to 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 a new system was there was there a bit of a learning curve going from you know you've been on that one for a minute and then you had to jump on what you a guys bit, have now. yeah yeah mainly when it came to efficiencies in the brew house um and getting the mill dialed in um we just it took us i don't know i mean we've actually been brewing now for three months uh um, uh-huh. so we brewed, you know started a month before we opened those first two months we couldn't hit our numbers for nothing Really? We've gone through a we've gone through a lot of DME in this place to try to, <laughs> to try to get get the gravities right, and um, just recently we we finally got it dialed in, and we're hitting gravities. And the last batch we did of Fancy Dance was the best batch we've ever made in three years, um, so we're starting to get that kind of figured out. And there's a lot of little little tricks when you're doing um, thirty barrel batches, you know, double batches that we had to learn. Uh, the best way to cut time on that yeah. um, and then just like what we, what we had to learn too was our mash ton unfortunately our mash ton just does not like uh, large grain bills and oh, really? um, fancy dance even though it's only a 6.8 percent hazy ipa it's got a lot of it's a big grain bill um, and so what we do on that is we instead of doing um, a 15 or 17 barrel batch we do uh, two 14 barrel batches, so a little bit smaller batch, get a little bit better efficiency, yeah. and throw it over into the 30 barrel tank. We don't get 30 barrels, but we get 26, 28 barrels yeah. and um, hit our numbers and, and uh, get a good amount of beer. So what, you, what you're saying is you're still learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, every, brew, every brew day we find some kind of, something we learned, a trick or whatever, and it'll it'll i'd be like that way the rest of my life so seems like you kind of like that though that you like that kind of tinkering and figuring out i do i like it i like um every hobby i have whether it's fly fishing or uh the cigar and bourbon thing i've always been into gear you know backpacking gear uh, all my hobbies there's a i mean a lot of gear at the house you know like <laughs> and um and so I like I like tinkering around with that kind of stuff and, and uh, figuring it out. And then I just I, I always I'm I'm my biggest critic. Like I, I I've found something wrong with every single batch of beer we've ever made. And <laughs> and I'm just always excited 
about when I brewed something and I, it didn't, there's something there I didn't like. Most people might not ever notice it. Right. But, but I went, when I pinpoint what it is, I'm, I can't wait to brew it again. Like, the next, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's like when you lose that football game and you cannot wait to get back for, out on the, the football field, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's awesome. Uh, I had a question in my head, but uh, where did – oh, I know I was going to ask you. Is, is your age catching up to you? Shut up. <laughs> those, those mystery beers. Mystery <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. It's fucking mystery beers. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, if we send somebody to Oklahoma City, they have to come to Skydance. Um, yep. Where else Where else would you send people? Because there's lots There's lots of places to go. I know I know what I like down there. I like a lot of breweries down there. What? Obviously, you're, you're friends with a bunch of the guys or whatever. Yeah. If you, somebody came to town and said, "Hey, where should I go? What, what, what would you recommend?" Brewery wise, yeah, hey, yeah, you're gonna get me in trouble if I if I <laughs> get somebody or whatever. Well, it's just, um, just no particular no particular order. Just yep. you know, no, I'll, I'll just tell you. Here's how I'll do it. I'll tell you where I like going based on beer style because I'm a hothead and I like gotcha. imperial stouts, right? So gotcha. there's a lot of other good breweries here that are all good, but maybe they don't focus on the styles i like so gotcha um, obviously man like to me i think what stone cloud is doing here is killer i i think they're on top of their game right now i think they're a good measuring stick um as far as they're not the biggest brewery here but they're a good measuring stick for maybe the business model how to that's the closest to what i want to do as far as styles that you know they're doing a can release or two like every week um and so that's that's a good one for me. I think Joel does a great job with the Imperial Stouts and the IPAs there. Um, right next door to us here, we have Prairie. So obviously I love going over there and having the Imperial Stouts. Yeah. And uh, Sours too. Like they got me into Sours. I wasn't really big into Sours, but going over to Prairie. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. So those, those two are great. And then, you know, being a hophead, you know, Rough Tail, that's another Another yeah. good one for yeah. me. So you know, the prairie down there is interesting because I, you know, people have everybody thinks prairie's still in Tulsa. When I've told, I'm like, no, it's in Krebs, and that's yeah. not even close to Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, they've but, done the multiple locations, you know, too. That's the yeah. So the prairie the OKC, they're brewing their own beers. They're different uh-huh. from what they're brewing in Krebs. And yeah. my buddy sends them to me all the time up here, and man, I think some of those beers are better than the ones that are coming out of Krebs. Small I mean, brew system. Yeah, they're sm- like- smashing some beers. Yep. And I bring them up here. They're like, holy hell, where'd you get that? You know, cause they, yep. because they're, they're still doing, you know, it's the it's the, the label. It is handwritten. And, you know, it's just, yep. <laughs> that, you know, it's they're not fun, thinking about man. the. It's not like yeah. the, the big, the, the, the big you know, the, the Krebs Brewery where, you know, yep. they got the labels or the big distribution. It's just regular, you know, a little label. They write the thing on there. But I, I haven't seen. I haven't had anything out of there that, that I didn't think was was fabulous. Yep. So that's yeah, one of the places when I go to Oklahoma City, I always stop in there because yep. you know, kind of you know, to your point, they're kind of doing that smaller system, and yep. they're and are, are able to do these one-off things that mm-hmm. happen once and never happen again. Yeah, every time you go in there, the menu's different. You know? Yeah, um, and so that's hopefully what once we get in a good rhythm here in the next month or two, hopefully it's that's you know we're able to do a lot of that yeah. too. Didn't we have that red hot? Was that red hot beer from them? I think that was. Yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 did oh, you have that thing? Like, oh, it was like uh-huh. drinking Red Hots. Yeah, oh, it was, it was, it was so damn good. Red, Red Hots. <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. <laughs> yeah. No, I it was, had and it was like 9%. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> our other brewer here, Corey, he's he drinks a lot of prairie. He's good friends with those guys, so I guarantee you he's had it. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I'm, I got to get more of that. That's 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 yeah. that's not a reason for the field trip because you know I'm you stacking know, I'll up tell you that, And then on on new breweries here too, like I you got to if you're wanting to come in and see another new brewery, Fairweather friend is uh, another great great brewery. Yeah, uh, I just heard about them. Good with the IPAs too, so. Yeah, I, I love now downtown Oklahoma City, man. You can just mm-hmm. you can brewery, brewery hop all day. It's beautiful. Yep. I mean, yep. you know, all the, all the years I lived there, you know, it was, you know, I guess Coop is probably the oldest, right? Yep. But yep. you know, when when once they changed the laws and you get tap rooms, man, it just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's, it's been it's it's Made not it a lot unlike, easier to start. Yeah, it's not unlike Kansas City because you know you got Boulevard that's thirty something years old. You know, the, the next youngest brewery is probably 10 years old. 10, and, 14, and er, yeah. everybody after that is probably maybe seven or younger. So yeah. it's it's kind of exploded here. But, but, yeah, Oklahoma City is still undercover when it comes to beers. I keep telling people all the time. And plus the cities, it's grown and the downtown area is kind of dope. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I really dig it. So yeah. good, good on you for uh, being where you are because, you're, man, you're in, the, you're in the thick of things, man. We got and lucky. That, we got a we got a good spot, and it wasn't our first pick, and we kind of fell into it. But uh, it ended up being, I think, it's better than the the old the original spot we were going to move into, and then yeah. the lot of development. Funny how that works out. Just around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things tend to work out for the best, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, bro, it's been good to have you on, man. It's uh, it's been a good yeah. conversation. Um, I can't wait to get down here and, and check you out. Where can yeah, people find you? Where can people find you guys and you like on social medias? Yeah, so obviously, you know, at Skydance Brewing on all the the grams and the faces, the Facebook or whatever you want to call it, and the <laughs> Twitters and the that world. But we also have a YouTube uh, channel um, where the original idea was just to have a vlog of showing the journey of getting built. And so we've got a lot of video from oh, cool. Brewers Union days to building out here and all that kind of stuff. And then since we've opened, I have not been able to do as good of a job of keeping up on it as I wanted to, but um, we're, we're going to start trying to get back on that. And then, like I said, we've got the podcast, the Breed with Hustle, which is on Spotify and, yep. and you know, all the all the podcast places and all that stuff. So Right. right on. Awesome. Where can they find us, Nick? You're just like him. You can find us on all of those social media apps. <laughs> we are at Beers with Nigel. You can even watch the video if you feel like you want to see our faces. You can go to Vimeo or YouTube. I mean, if you want to see Jake. Well, right, right, right. It's actually it's about your face, not <laughs> not ours. Nobody wants our faces. <laughs> you know, they want to be able to walk into the brewery and be like, hey, Jake, I, I saw, know that I guy. saw you on YouTube. <laughs> Famous now. Exactly. <laughs> and you can catch the Beers with Nigel podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. You can even tell that Alexa device. Hey, Alexa, play the Beers with Nigel podcast. And with that, Nigel, I'm going to play a little music. Yeah, we'll be right back. You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff. Hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy. Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. 
Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.